What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. All right, guys. Um, I just want to start by saying thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening. We love it. Uh, people ask us all the time, are you ever going to run out of content? And I don't really see that happening. Uh, we, nope. Yeah. We also keep getting asked if we're actors. We are not. Sadly, this is our life. <laughs> if you guys are actors, you're awesome actors. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a pretty cool story, but that's nothing fiction about this, sad to say. Yeah. But, you know. Um, all right. So let's start with a fan shout out. Uh, it says, this podcast is so incredibly helpful in navigating recovery from addiction, both for addict and partner. It has helped me find the words to communicate my troubles and needs and given us tools for dealing with the hard stuff. I think it is a great benefit for any couple to learn effective communication and connection, not just those battling addiction. Totally agree with that. Awesome. Well, I agree with it's. It's really a podcast for everyone. I know. I think we sh- we should almost like uh, white label it or rebrand it in some ways as a marriage podcast. You know. Yep. But uh, the context of where where we're at though is addiction and betrayal, and but this is good for everybody. So so go out to your friends and tell them to listen to the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. <laughs> so <laughs> we know you want to. Yeah. Yeah. To be sure. So, uh, so let's jump into what we're talking about today, which is, um, you know, you're, it's about change. You're, you're interested in change versus you are committed to change and what the differences look like. So if you guys just want to start kind of your experience with this, I know you've been on both sides of it. Um, just kind of share uh, what that's been like for you guys. Well, I, I can say for, for me, I was looking back on this, I was never really interested I wasn't even, there, there was a season actually of life when I was acting on addiction where I wasn't even interested in change. Okay. And, and that was really all through adolescence until I was 19 and ready to go on an LDS mission. And I, I just wasn't interested in, in changing. I'd have little small, I remember like little small moments where I was like, maybe I should just like stop looking at late night TV and masturbating, but... Uh, maybe I just shouldn't do that. And, and that was as quick as that. That was, I wasn't even interested. That was just like a thought. Right. So there wasn't any interest in, in, in change for me. And then once I kind of had this big, huge, like shame wave, like drown me in, in the seas of shame, really. Um, that's when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm interested in change. Um, and I, and I want to change, but I'm, but I'm only interested. And then when that season left and Ashlyn, you and I got married, it was like, the thing I wanted to avoid. So, so for me, I can think, I, I think that, that I really just wanted it to go away and I just didn't want to deal with the weight that it was. Uh-huh. And I knew that right. there was a weight. And by that time I'd really understood it was like, so it's not that you wanted to change. You just didn't want the consequences anymore of. of yes. Yes, okay, for sure. The, I think it was more, this is really uncomfortable at times. Uh-huh. Can you just like, figure out Take a way it to away. get away. Get yeah. it out of my life. Just get this away. Right. And um, I also want to remind you that when we were married was 18 years ago and there was not as much as there is now, like no. especially publicly. I really had no idea 
any of it was something that I could learn about, that I could educate myself, get help, any of that. And so I think the whole, (laughs) depending on when you're joining us, it's a different time. There's a lot more resources now and ability to say, I'm committed. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Ashton, what you're saying is, uh, you know, when, when you don't know what it is, you're not educated and you're just in it, it's hard to move along those stages of change because you don't even know what you're actually dealing with. Yeah. For sure. So. Um, I feel like um, when I started to feel interested was when I heard my friend JC talk about um, Togetherness Project, which was the first education that I had in betrayal, trauma, or addiction. And I got to hear from Fight the New Drug and some of these great um, therapists, um, like yourself, Brandon. Mm -hmm. And I came home and I was excited. And I told Kobe about all the things that I'd learned. I took notes. I joined a Facebook group that Mm -hmm. was private. And I would get on there and I would read people's, you know, questions, read their triggers, all these things. And I thought, okay, so I'm, this is me interested. I'm not doing anything. Right. But I'm interested. Right. I want to know what it feels like for other women. And that was like the beginnings of, okay, I'm feeling, starting to feel support, even though I really wasn't doing anything. Right. So that actually gives me a curious question. So my question is, is for all the years leading up to that, um, if you're saying that that was the that was the point where you were really interested in change, what, how would you how would you describe you before before then? One hundred percent avoidant. Yeah, I just ignored the problem, and I told you several times, like just stop, make it go away. Right. I had no idea and was not interested at all in me participating in changing. Right. Like this wasn't my problem. This is yours. So there's there's these stages of change which um, we all go through with whatever. So if if we want to lose weight, if we want to get in recovery from an addiction, um, we want to work on our career, whatever it is, <clears throat> there's stages of change. First stage of change is called pre contemplation, and what that is is it's 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 what you were describing describing when you were a teenager, or what you're saying when like you know you didn't. It, it's denial. It's it's not even facing that the issue is really there. And so you're not even contemplating change. It's pre-contemplation. You're just kind of, you know. And then you shift from pre-contemplation to contemplation. And and that's what you were describing, Ashlyn, when you went to that conference or whatever. It kind of ener- energized you to, mm-hmm. to be like, oh, my gosh, like change could be possible. And contemplation is where a lot of us live a lot of, a lot of t- the time. So – it's like my my grandma, bless her heart. Um, every t- every Sunday, I'd go to dinner at her house, and she'd say something like, "Oh, you know, I'm on a diet, but I'll have ice cream today." And she said that every week, <laughs> you know. And that, it was like, "I'll you know, I'll change tomorrow. I'll, I'll I want to do this Monday. Monday's Monday. Monday. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna eat a huge meal on Sunday and just like you know, tons of junk food because I'm gonna start tomorrow, right?" Um, that's contemplation. Um, and so you're in that state. It's a really uncomfortable stage because you want change, but you either don't know how to get it or you're just not motivated enough to, to do what it takes, right? So then we're moving along, and maybe you guys can talk to this one. Um, you, you, you move into what's called preparation stage of change. So you start 
actually making a plan and in moving forward. Now, when you went to that conference, Ashlyn, you were you were beyond that contemplation a little bit into that preparation stage because you were like, oh, okay, there's resources, there's answers. So in your mind, you're starting to organize, what can I do and how can I actually change, right? right. I came home with all these notes, <laughs> all these resources, and then I did nothing. <laughs> but, but I would say also, too, the thing that was the catalyst to, to, this, to this transition into this, into this stage, like you're talking about, Brandon, was the validation that you received that betrayal trauma is actually a thing, and that's what you had been experiencing for like well over a decade. Right. And it, it makes, it reminds me of when we talked about, um, I think it was the podcast about acceptance maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the beginnings of that, right? Like, Oh, this actually, this is my life. Mm-hmm. And there is a, the ability to change for both of us. And, um, so I think that was, you know, Carl Rogers said, you know, there's a, there's a paradox. It's a tricky thing, but when, once you accept right where you're at, then you can change. And so it's it's confusing because it's like, well, I gotta I gotta actually come to acceptance of what's going on in my life, so then I can actually get to work on on it. So if you're resistant to what's going on in your life and you're avoidant to what's going on in your life, you're not going to change, yeah. right? Okay, I just want to stop right here and just say, okay, I'm I feel because I'm feeling it like all these connections, and so I hope that the listeners that you're right there with us going. Oh my gosh, I see this in my life in this area or this area, or you might see it in your spouse, right? right. Um, I see it. I mean, it's our everyday stuff that we help people with of like, I want this, but then they keep, they wait until Monday. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, your job as a fitness coach, like you're, you're very much involved in, in people's lives through the stage of change. Right. You see every, every side of it. Daily, right. right? I do. I really do. And my favorite thing is when people start on a Thursday. Yeah, isn't that we, awesome? We actually started doing our groups, the, our little 30-day challenges for fitness and nutrition. We started them on Thursdays because I'm like, stop waiting till and, Monday. And it's, it's not a Thursday after a holiday. No, it's yeah. just a random it's Thursday. It's like, okay, midweek, right? we're going like, to start over. Yeah, awesome. So. Okay, so did you have a kind of a preparation phase, Kobe? It was... Um, I don't – I'm – just just define again the preparation stage real Pre- quick. Preparation is like you're, you're starting to get educated. You're starting to, to gather information. You're starting to formulate a plan, um, get some support behind you so that you can then start to sustain some long-lasting change. Yeah, I was definitely not – yeah, I was definitely not in, in that stage. And I had gone to to 12-step in 2006. Seven, six, two thousand six, and then I'd gone again in two thousand, like thirteen, I think two thousand thirteen. I think I went again. So, so, so this is really interesting. Is you're not in, you're you're like in contemplation or pre-contemplation, yet you're still doing something. So, so it it shows that that your your heart's not there, and you're kind of manipulating the process. Oh, just to be (laughs) clear, not kind of. I entirely was. Right. I, w- I want to be super, super clear. I was the dude who, when the first time I went to to twelve step, it was only because I was like mandated to by our therapist. Oh, Kobe. So it's a, it's a porn issue. Okay. So Ashlyn, this isn't yours. This is Kobe's. Kobe, you need to go to twelve step. And she didn't say how long to go to twelve step. And I went and then got a book. I didn't fill any of it out. I showed up and I went every week, and it was super uncomfortable. And it, I couldn't get out of there quick enough. And then I didn't have any conversations about it. 
from the moment that I left until the next week where I walked in. This is actually interesting because that reminds me, these connections, we didn't ever talk about it after. Yet when we were actually committed to change and started actually going to do the real work, we would come home and we wanted to talk about what we'd learned. We wanted to share some insights and things that were like, oh, wow, listen to this. Connection happened. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got to go to what I posted on – well, I'm actually going to post it on Patreon today um, because I talk about why that happens when you're you're in – you're resonating in in, in the energy of change. Connection is going to happen. So So I was in that – I was in that contemplation stage for a really long time. Um, But but it took took the second – ending the second affair and then I think I transitioned from contemplation to – Preparation, because there was a season actually a preparation where I was like, I'm totally effed if I die right now. Instead, before I got like, I'm totally going to hell if I die right now because I just had a second affair, and so that's when I really started to investigate. And I did not Ashlyn. She told me there was this place that special. There, there's such a thing as specialized therapy specifically for sex addiction, and that's when I started investigating it. And it took it was like some months of kind of like where my real mental preparation to commit to like fully commit. Was there, but it, honestly, it was like my eternal salvation. That sounds right. really cheesy, but that legit what was the you to start motivation. Those preparations. Yeah. Yeah. So coming back to what you were saying earlier, I just want to clarify something. You can't really be compelled to change, right? <laughs> Clearly. Right? I, I think otherwise we'd all be like living life how we want. To- because <laughs> I could just tell you, Ashlyn, like, hey, do this, do that, do this, and you just go do, do it. it. Right. Don't. <laughs> yeah, and it's why therapists go crazy because they try to change people all day long. And if they're doing that, then they're going to burn themselves out because we can't compel people to change either. It's why spouses go nuts because you, you can see your spouse destroying themselves in some way. And it's like, hey, why don't you eat better? Why don't you not act out with this addiction or that? But you can't compel them to change. Your heart had to shift to, to, a, to a place where you were preparing to change on your own, and you weren't being compelled by anybody else, but it was between you and God, right, that said, okay, now it's time. Now, now it's time for me to, to make a plan for me um, because this, this has to happen, right? So, okay, so we're moving along. Um, you go to that preparation stage. You start getting educated. You start making a plan. Um, the next stage is action. So you've, you've now prepared. You, you know, a lot of people – They'll make the whole plan. They'll, you know, how many times have, have you started in on something? You know, I'm going to run a marathon. You go jogging once. Uh, <laughs> I did that twice. <laughs> no joke. Two different times I ended up for a marathon. Never did it. Yeah. And I yeah. think I trained for maybe a week. One week, not one day. Yeah. So you went far enough to actually engage in some action. You were dipping your toe in that water. But then it was like, I'm not going to really. Like, this sucks. Yeah, this, is this is hard. I think I just wasted 100 bucks or something. Yeah. 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 So, so action, you know, over time, consistency, it takes some tenacity. It takes some real, you know, long-term um, action in order for change to actually start to, to, to get ingrained, right? And that's, hard, that, that's one of the hardest parts of this change process is to actually engage long-term and be consistent in it. Right? Well, I, I would say, too, that um, just, just, I'm just reflecting – Brandon, back to my experience of 
of walking into the office to, to get specialized help for the first time and then understanding there, there, there was so there was the preparation stage, but then there was a stage of like, okay, this is what it's going to take monetarily for you to go to, to start this process for the next two months, but it's going to be many months after that. Like it, it's this is a long term process, and um, that took like if it wasn't like the shotgun approach of like, okay, this is you know you got to tro- drop twelve hundred dollars for the next two months, and I think I just sat there with my my head spinning on my neck, going like, oh my gosh. But I also was like, if we don't do this now, then like this isn't going to happen. So there was like these 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 real, I guess these real steps of of action um, on the heels of preparation. But I wasn't necessarily prepared for each one of those steps of action. Like I couldn't prepare myself because I didn't know what it actually would take. Right. To I, I didn't know what the action steps were. I didn't know what the level of of action would be and I wasn't prepared for it mentally and I certainly wasn't prepared to show up and do it physically either. Well, so it was a really interesting process for me to understand what that looked but like. But of course, if, if you're naive to, to the process and you're uneducated and you don't know, then it's hard to engage consistently in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that's why like psych, psychoeducation or just education, reading books, listening to podcasts, really understanding what recovery behavior looks like is very helpful because it, it outlines it for you. You, you know, and a lot of people don't want to know because it's easier to play that naive card of like in this stage right now, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just stuck. So what do you want me to do? Well, there's answers, get the answers and then either engage in that change or choose not to. Right. So, um, did you have something? I have a question for you. So I'm thinking a non- in this arena recovery question. Um, When our daughters were sexually abused, I didn't, I mean, my go-to for change was like, I'm going to start taking care of myself Mm -hmm. because I have to take care of these kids and I'm like falling apart emotionally. right? Right. So I started to make change in absolute chaos. Yes, I did. And, and I was very determined. I'm not going to be a cliche. I, I literally signed up for a gym pass January 1st and I was like, I'm not going to do this because I have to be the mama bear for my girls. And it kept me going. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have a lot of that, the pre preparation, preparation of right. like, I'm going to do this. It really came at like, Oh my gosh, like I'm, I have to do something. Right. And, and I think I see that a lot, Ashlyn. I think there's two ways to go about it. You get educated you get inspired, and so you want to go create this change because now there's answers, and that's exciting. The other thing that creates change is, is pain. And so it's, you're, you're experiencing something so hard and, and in, the, in the struggle of it that you're like, no, I'm, gonna, I'm committed to fight my way out of this. And that's what I'm hearing from you, Ashlyn. Yeah. In that moment, it's like I'm going to be committed because I need to be because I'm going through something so hard right now. Right. right. And that's I, ironically what saved us when our hard stuff came to a head was that we were already com- like doing in, those in things. that mode. Right. We yeah. were already doing some of our dailies because we knew we had to take care of ourselves in order to take care of our kids. But I think the other right. thing that you did that was really key with that is that you didn't just start like f- working out to, to deal with the emotions of it, which was like super rad. But you also were like voracious in your research. Mm-hmm. And study like you hit like multiple libraries. You were just glued to the internet, just trying to figure out what 
what are best practices, what's the right approach here. And I think that also served us really well because you went to the conference where you learned um, about betrayal trauma um, when it was presented that you're going to go to group and you've got this book as your core content for the group. And then there, it was like you just took it so seriously because you had already seen the benefit of the psychoeducation like you talked about, Brandon. And so I think that I think there were some real interesting, I guess now looking at it, some, some foundational preparation, if you will, of some of the, the, key, the key action, like can, can, the action steps that are necessary for change for us in this particular arena you'd already experienced with, with our girls. And I think those paid us huge, huge dividends. Huge dividends. You know, I want to say, you know, uh, good intentions are great, and but they they don't they don't create change. So if you if you're intending to be a good mama bear, right? That's awesome. Um, if you're intending to be in recovery because you love your wife and you want to be in recovery, that's great. But it's not going to change anything. Um, what is going to change? I'm, I mean, I had to be I had to be totally inwardly motivated this wasn't about me going there was not about ashlyn it like legit it was it was about me changing because of because of the the multiple lines that i had crossed so it was it was an internal motivation for me and i knew it would have an an important effect on ashlyn and the girls but it was first and foremost for sure me and 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 what it is you know if you if you do what you've always done you're going to get what you've always gotten and so if, if you want change in your life, then you have to do something different. You have to change the inputs in your life in order, for, for your, in order to get different outcomes, right? And um, it's consistent acts of courage over and over again. If you think about it that way, you know, when I don't want to get up in the morning to work out, it's, it's a consistent act of courage to say, I'm getting my butt out of bed and I'm doing this, right? Or I really don't want to go to that 12-step meeting and talk openly to my group or whatever. Do it every week for, for a long time consistently and change that input consistently. Then all of a sudden you'll look back and you say, whoa, the, the outcomes in my life are so different than what I was producing before, Right? And that's what creates change is, is that long-term. And so the last, the last stage of change is, is called maintenance. And so you're in action, then you maintain it long-term, and it creates change. That was, that was a hard – like the action step for me I think was, was hard to mentally accept what, what – Yeah, what was, re- what was required. Yeah, to accept yeah. the inputs because we went from doing nothing to I was doing individual with, with Amy Andrus, our therapist, who's – you know, really the catalyst behind everything, like the reason why we're here, like with you right now. But I was second best therapist in Utah. Well, of course, <laughs> it's, of course, it's Brandon Patrick, the legend, right? Can I love you, Amy? By the way, <laughs> yeah, Amy listens. Yeah. I know, right? But um, but it was going, it was doing individual with Amy, but I was also in her group. And then I, for the first nine months, I went to twelve step again. But I went Saturday mornings in a city that was twenty minutes away because I didn't want any person that I knew to ever see me show up. Right. So I, I hid and I ran as much as I was committed to the action steps. But but I will say what you said, it's consistent acts of courage. I promise it took like three weeks for me to to to, um, to really show up with, with courage. And I think the first time I showed up, I showed up with, with arrogance, and mm-hmm. which Brandon's like, uh huh, because <laughs> you, you 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 taught you taught my, like for my first eight weeks you taught 
you know, the, the psychoeducation, which was like super important. But I was it was really arrogant when I, when I first showed up because it was like I decided to do this, and I'm not as bad as the rest of you. But I, you, you know, were I am kind of arrogant. No, I totally I was. I mean, I, I, I you were I, a cool, nice guy, and but you were a little bit like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm awesome. I walked really. in. He would. I oh remember gosh. this. He would come home and he would say, "I'm not as bad as these guys." Yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay. You know, you know what? When you say that, then you're saying you're showing how how bad you are. <laughs> yeah, you're totally. It was it was complete. I remember walking into the to the group room for the very first time, and I took two steps through, through the, the threshold, the, the doorway of the room, and like two of like the ten guys who were there looked back just to see who it was, and the rest of them were too afraid. And I was like, and literally, I kind of announced my arrival, like, "What's up?" And everybody's just like. <laughs> Did someone really say that out loud? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Somebody's talking. Yeah, exactly. And um, so I'm, I was like super arrogant. And I think I just made light of things because I was so uncomfortable. And then once I realized what this was actually going to be about, then it took, it really did take a few weeks of courage to drive into the parking lot and then to get out of my car and then to walk in the front doors and then to go sit down and then stay. Right, right, right. And, and, but what I realized is through those consistent acts of courage is that it became easier. And I also realized too that getting the right kind of help meant that, um, I also had the right kind of environment and safety that put me at ease so that I was, um, I was okay with being stretched. Right. To be vulnerable. Yeah. But, I, yeah. but honestly, I, I will tell you what, what is no joke. I was honestly, though, monetarily committed because I had just dropped. You were forced in. I, I, I was yeah. like... It was way more than a marathon fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like so 12 better, marathon you fees. You better follow through. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like committed across the board. But I think for me, for me personally, that was an important act of courage as well is to throw my head out of the fence yeah. monetarily to say, I'm going to commit to do this. And moreover, I was laid off from my job three weeks into this process. Let me just also say this too. So another huge act of courage, a a merge took place at work. And all of a sudden we were owned by a company in China and all new management, all new ownership. And then they changed directions and let me go. And so it took a lot of courage for me to stay and not go ask for my money back. And it took unknowns for us. And and we also transitioned to, to going from me working in the workplace to working at home. Another huge act of courage and I hope that no one has to deal with that because that was pretty balls. That was really scary, actually. And looking back, I'm thinking like, oh, my gosh, what was I even thinking? But I'm glad we did. My point is, is like your statement of consistent acts of courage, they were big steps of courage that somehow, some way I was able to make until yeah. I got into maintenance mode. And what I realized about maintenance mode is it really wasn't as hard as what I made it out to be. Maintenance mode was was actually pretty relieving because then all of a sudden I had, yes, Yes. because I I lived in such chaos and I'm just a big, big proponent and Ashlyn knows this. She's like, "Uh uh-huh, she's nodding her head right now. But but addiction was total chaos for us, like in, in, in every way. And, um, and, and then recovery meant structure because I knew exactly where I was going to be three days a week, right? Group, individual, 12 step. I knew every single day what I was going to do as far as dailies are concerned. I knew exactly what my boundaries were. I knew what I had to be mindful of. And then it also took consistent acts of courage to be vulnerable in group every time I showed up. And that was actually really hard too. But that became to be, there was a a maintenance mindset of this is, it it took courage. And then it was just like, oh, I just need to keep doing this because other guys are doing it too. So there was many acts of, of courage to this. But maintenance mode, 
was a huge relief. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Um, and and it's, it's something we don't want to do because it's so much work. But it actually is a relief once you start to experience something different. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, maybe to wrap up, I want to just say I, I hear a lot uh, from hopeless people. So like, like wives, for example, who are, who are saying things like, my husband's refusing to face his problem and work his recovery. Or, or a person struggling with addiction saying, I, I can't change. This thing owns me. I can't overcome it. I've tried and tried and tried. And uh, I just want to say that um, if you're in that hopeless place, change is absolutely possible. And it's within you to, to – to, you have the power within you to create that no matter what your situation is. And I, I know maybe you're sitting back thinking, yeah, but you don't get my situation. But you can shift it. There, there might be some acts of courage that are really hard and some things that, that – the, some, some inputs that you need to change that might be really difficult. But there, you can change those inputs. You're not totally stuck. Even Viktor Frankl sitting in the concentration camp, um, you know, as locked down as you possi- possibly can be, as hopeless as you possibly can be, he, he realized that he could change and, and he could find some hope and some peace. So change is possible. It's, you can move forward. I love, and, and that's so. something that Ashley and I advocate all the time too. Like we're on the same page with you, and it is po- if it was possible for me after 31 years and of, of addictive behavior and not knowing who I was, it's it is possible, literally for anybody. And I had I know we have listeners who are older, who've maybe been living with this for decades in their marriage. Um, and it's harder, I feel like for them to start, but it's so respectable because there wasn't the resources back then that you have now. And to see someone who's 30 plus years into a relationship say, Hey, let's make change and let's do this. Like it blows my mind. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay. So, uh, let's talk, let's talk Patreon real quick. Um, what, what you're going to get on Patreon. So we're talking about change. Um, we're going to break down the elements of like the things that really help you to push you along that those stages of change, like the specific things that can actually encourage you to move from one step to the other. So we'll, we'll break that down on Patreon. Right. And the P- Patreon community, for those of you who are like, what the heck are you even talking about? Yeah. We've just provided a, a space for you guys, our community, to ask more questions, to get more personal, and to see us behind the scenes giving you a little bit more. Yeah. And so it's it's some education. It's it's those Q&As that you're not getting from us otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, I know for sure that one of the things that Ashley and I do each day is we listen to um, books um, just to develop ourselves personally, and they're not all recovery based, but um, but they're but they're personal development. And um, once we find something that we really like, we just hold on to it. And I think this is this is adding another resource where throughout the week you're going to get um, you're going to get an audio um, follow up to every podcast, but you're also going to get um, a video that you can listen to or watch from Brandon and then from Ashlyn and I. And that's week to week. And those are just additional resources that can help develop you.